Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Corey Feldman does not know how to eat a freaking pizza pizza. Do free plugs during the show? I do a video game. <laughs> it's probably true. Hey, guys. Hey. Yeah, I got a lady coming over. Maybe you got a, uh, got, you got a couple get a sixer. I think I got a sixer. And away we go. That's, a, that's right. a new thing I'm working on. Uh, <laughs> when you always love that, let's I just love leave the questions. I don't walk right into them. that. There are some, I'm not saying this is a good movie. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> We've just lost 90% of our young audience out there. Who's Susan Lucci? I don't know why they're an old lady voice, but anyways. And he'd be like, oh, <laughs> he, yeah, exactly. Uh, so many viewers. We just lost so many. <laughs> Never once did I smile. Never once did I laugh. While I watched this movie with a, my mouth agape, I could actually feel my soul leave my body. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Mike Field is dead inside. <laughs> That's why he is old. That's why he is old. I want to do the secret cabal stuff. I don't want. I don't want to just go oh, and drink. Still, you still got to wear a cloak and stuff. No, I think no, no. I want the. Up. I want the real cabal stuff. Like I want the stuff <laughs> for controlling the world. I want the signet ring. No, you're gross. <laughs> you know you're gross. I don't see. I don't. I would love you, to do a James Bond I'll, podcast. I'll do it right now. Cancel the other podcast you do. You son of a. <laughs> <laughs> You get the hell off this podcast. <laughs> Let's take it to the limit one more time. Baba! Nothing. You're done. <laughs> story elements, Butler. Story is a great thing. It's about is what we're doing. You're telling there me a story. A story here. I, I don't. He hasn't. Let, he's still leaping, home. but he's not home yet. Right? <laughs> just, they just need to do the episode before everyone dies. Ziggy. <laughs> Every episode we do is just a lead up to Forgotten Horror. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it spooky, y'all. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Can I get an interview about uh, Betsy's wedding? No, anything but that. Anything get lost. But that? Anything but that. Get my hat. Truck I was going to say, like, the whole point I'm of Star a, Wars I'm is to get him to shoot those freaking things to kill the Death Star. You're talking about the whole design of that movie. This is war, Marcus. <laughs> Oh man, he reads a lot. He's such a learned <laughs> man. He's so great. He's so much better than everybody. He is, right? Look oh at that review. Oh my god. When Jesse Eisenberg's name popped up. Jesse Eisenberg? <laughs> no. Who did you think played the brother? He rebels against maturity by taking a job at a movie theater. Oh no, I'm sorry, that's me. At a video store. After brutal dumping. No, that sounds terrible. <laughs> After, after I took a brutal dump. <laughs> that angers me that he can't fold that pizza. I had the same note. But until then, uh, I guess we'll see you later. I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. <laughs> Suck it up. Hello, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the wrap-up episode of the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlighted a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it was because a more popular movie was released at the same time, 
where the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We discussed what we loved about the movie or perhaps didn't love about it, but we always recommended you revisit it. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Our podcast is available on all platforms with over 200 episodes to remember us by. My God, we're dying. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? Nothing. I'm uh, I'm out of coffee. (laughs) I'm out of podcast episodes. Oh, I got nothing left. Out of, out of movies. We still have the big list. We do still have still the big there, list. But I would delete that note immediately. What? The big oh, God, the, the <laughs> I got to transfer the big list. So I don't know. How, I don't know how we want to. I got a bunch of questions that people ask us and then we'll answer. I don't know right. if you want to do those now or do you want to do those at the end or do you want to do you want to just kind of go through some thoughts or whatever? Yeah, just we'll, maybe we'll just uh, go through our thoughts and like intersperse the questions as we go. OK, so give me something. Uh, so I guess. Because no one asked us, what was the favorite movie you did? Uh, we've done. Oh, crap. I don't know. We're going to do that. Um, we, t- we talked about doing that. I know we did. So you mean like the, the movie Maybe, that. What was one that you hadn't seen before or only saw like you don't didn't remember that ended up being one you really liked? And what was your favorite? Because I think those are two different. Because obviously I have one that obviously you put on the list that I really like. But then I've got movies I like. I mean, you're, you're talking Stranger Days. <laughs> Um, well, I, here's the thing though. I've seen a lot of these films, right? So it's kind of, I don't know. There weren't a lot that I hadn't seen. I know I didn't see them off the top of my head. I know I didn't see trilogy of terror. A lot of the movies I had seen. So there weren't a lot of movies that we, we went back to and I don't think I really like, Oh my God, I, I can't believe how much I liked that. I think I always like the Coen Brothers film. So when we did a lot of the Coen Brothers movies like Miller's Crossing and Burn After Reading, I just appreciated them more because they were Coen Brothers films. But sure. like, I always like those films. There wasn't one I really, there was a couple that were just like, I hated. I think my favorite episodes, uh, I don't have one, but I think my favorite episodes that we do are the episodes where there's a lot of interesting behind the scenes stuff that we don't know about. Sure. Like I'm thinking cursed off the top of my head, just kind of like understanding like how, what happened with films and maybe why they weren't successful. I can't remember the movie event horizon where I never knew the note that Titanic completely derailed derailed that movie. And you never really think about that. You just kind of think about, Oh, this movie stinks because this, 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 not because they were forced to to get into production faster because Titanic was late. And you know, that's the movie that uh, Paramount that cared about was a Paramount. Universal? Yeah, uh, Paramount. Paramount. Yeah. They cared about Titanic more. So you just, you never really think about that. Yeah. I always have an affinity for independent films. So when we did like Two Family House, you know, so stuff that's smaller, I always love. And I, I probably do give it a little bit more of uh, probably. A break? Yeah. <laughs> I think Living in Oblivion, when we did that one recently, I'm, I've always right. loved that film, but I didn't have a problem with it the second time around. I like that you liked it a lot. Yeah, I don't know. When we first started out, we first started picking movies. It was just kind of like, oh, let's do this one. Let's do this one. Let's do this one. And then as we go, went along in the in the seasons, it was trying. It was almost like, I don't remember if I like that. Let's try that film. Right. Yeah. I know your answer is you loved Strange Days. So Strange Days is not a perfect movie. No one says it is. In one in like the movies that we we watched uh, that I had never seen, which there were definitely more of those for me than you. Uh, I think that's one of the first one. That was one of the ones that really stuck with me the most because a I like the fact that it was like unfindable. So True. I think that was interesting. Now, which we had a problem with. We, um, that's a theme throughout the podcast the, the was 90s. 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked that it was right up my alley in terms of that kind of near future kind of 
Demolition Man is the only one coming to my mind now, but there's a ton of movies like that where it's like, this is 1999 and the movie's like made in 1997 mm-hmm. and they just think in two years, the world's going to basically be like a shithole. <laughs> um, but I really liked the, the way that they imagine the future. I liked the technology that was presented. I liked Ray Fiennes as more of a, a hero or like yeah. a film noir kind of like hero, uh, protagonist instead of just kind of the, the person in the background or the mentor figure. Sure. Uh, and I just kind of like the way the story kind of panned out. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that episode. I liked that we're going over a movie that maybe a lot of people couldn't see. Um, but, you know, obviously movies that I love. I love when we're talking about the nice guys and stuff like that, just because yeah. they're such fun movies. The only problem with those is those are the episodes I don't like. I like the least when the we it's lo- just us gushing about how. Yeah, we make are. we make all these quotes and we're doing and I, I get it. It's kind of cool if we're just sitting in the back office saying that stuff, but it, it doesn't make for good podcast. Right. <laughs> but um, episodes like. I think like we just did our last like conspiracy theory, like going over what went wrong with the movie um, is very interesting. And again, that usually, like you said, happens when it's movies that we didn't know Mm -hmm. or remember not liking as much. Mm -hmm. But even like other episodes, like I liked when we talked about episode two, Tarzan is an episode, memorable episode because we talk about and Burbs too as well. Mm hmm what worked in the kind of the same way. Sure. So those are also kind of nice. It's like, we like Tarzan, but a lot of people don't, but here's why you should go back and revisit it. I like those um, in terms of, Hey, Tarzan was just kind of shrugged off. Right. And it's like, it's a great adventure movie. You know, it's filmed really well. It looks really nice. It's got a decent story. You know, those kind of things where we go over that are the burbs. Why the burbs, which people seem to like, but it's always forgotten as like one of the eighties class, like the gems of the eighties. Mm-hmm. Or 1408, where it's a movie that I remember really liking, and then it's it's not good. Like Sphere, obviously, I, <laughs> our first episode, which we're not going to put out. It was, um, like a, it was a test episode. The test episode where I remembered really liking it, and as we talk about it, I'm like, I think I don't like this movie at all. <laughs> uh, the same thing kind of happened, like 1408, you know, watching it again, this director's cut actually ruins, absolutely destroys the movie, and that's one you had never really seen before. And so right. you watched a sucky version of it. So it's interesting to get your take and me kind of agreeing with you, but like knowing that there was a, a really good movie in there mm-hmm. that we'll just never get to. Um, and obviously it's nice to have like House Party or Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion where, you know, the people that were part of the movie actually uh, liked it. Right, right, right. Um, Mike's referring to we had like they on, on social media when we posted about them, like kid can play like the post and followed us. And I think like Mira uh, Sorvino liked, liked, commercial. liked their commercial, which was, it's cool. That's that's like a neat thing. And then um, also um, one of our episodes with Martin McDonough liked yep. our podcast episode and he mentioned us. Hey guys, those were like, no, episode. not Martin McDonough. Was it Neil, Neil Labute? Neil Labute. Yeah. Right, yeah. Neil right. Labute liked it. So I thought that was really the interesting. shape of things. Yep. Yep. I liked when we did the seventies movies. I liked when we did like uh three days of the condor, the conversation, even bird offerings, like the older films. Those were good too. Cause I had never seen them and it's fun to, or not. I've seen some of them. But it's fun to see like where some of the stuff comes from. Sure. When we go over like burnt offerings, what worked and what didn't, what was a product at the time. Sure. Um, three nights of the condor, like or days of the condor, you see where the spy genre came from mm-hmm. was always really good. And then the conversation was just phenomenal. And I would never have seen it without forgotten cinema, because I think that's another thing is like why we do the podcast, obviously, but people my age, even people that are into film, like I am, it's kind of like the older movies are ignored. And I know you just went on a big seventies, kind of binge watch oh sure recently watch a hot rock kept uh catch up with a lot of ones you didn't get to see yep, yep. like you said like living in oblivion uh, red rock west 
going over like that 90s semi-independent mm-hmm. filmmaking of like this is people like learning to make these movies and you can see these people kind of getting to the point where they are now today is really interesting. Yeah. Well. I mean, I, I've obviously we both experienced indie filmmaking. So I think that's probably why I have an affinity toward, towards indie filmmaking just because it's done in earnest and it's, it's, they, they're not all perfect, like we said, but you know, it's still something like I, you just, what they can do is commend, you know what, what they're they doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let me, let me go to our first question and then, yeah. We'll, so this is from Laura Johns from Why the Book Wins podcast, which we were on her podcast a couple of times that she was on ours once, right? Once, yeah. We did in Bruges with uh, Laura. She's asking us, why are you stopping? <laughs> so that's a loaded question, but do you want, I've got an answer, but do you, for, do you want to go? Because uh, Field's got a lot of other stuff he's got going. For, <laughs> for me, it's, it's, I think it's just time. When we started this podcast, we were both working at the theater. Um, you know, we were just sitting there. This was before the pandemic. It's 2019. Right, yep. I was unfulfilled. I'm sure Butler was as well. And Butler, I remember Mike, we should just do a podcast. Let's just do it. And I was like, fine. And so, <laughs> so, but it wasn't like that, but I was like, yeah, all right. Okay. And then um, one of my things, and uh, Butler knows this. Uh, one of my things is like when any kind of project, you know, short film, writing project, anything, I don't like starting something and not doing it. Like I, I wouldn't say, yeah, let's do a podcast. And then like five weeks later, we're done with it. You know what I mean? Like I would, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. So like, I don't, uh, I'm hesitant to start a lot of stuff because I want to see it through. So that's probably why I wanted to do a podcast with you because I knew that like, because Elise and I were going to do a podcast Mm -hmm. with my fiance just because she was going to Connecticut school of broadcasting. So it was like, I want to get that practice. She was supposed to edit her episodes. Yeah. She was going to edit her episodes (laughs) and she was like, wanted to get, you know, have stuff to show people when she went out looking for work. That's like, all right. But then I didn't think that would last too long because it just seemed like not a hobby, but like kind of like I want to show people I can do this for work. And then when she got something, it would go away. Right. And I was like, well, I want to do something because we had talked about it even before that. Maybe doing so like, you know, there's podcast like no one does podcasts about. We were talking. Yeah, we were talking around it. Yeah. um, So like I knew that if I started a project with you, it would actually happen Mm because you and I are the same mind in terms of like you said, we want to finish something and get a project done. And a lot of people in the kind of independent creative space, Mm -hmm. talk a big game, (laughs) but then no one kind of agrees with the subject to do or Mm -hmm. don't follow through because it is difficult to put something on. It's like this podcast isn't easy to make. No. And it's it's a decent amount of work. And you're putting yourself out there and you're putting yourself out there to be critiqued and criticized in in a good way or in a bad way, whatever. And watch the views. And we, we both did our research and knew that I think it would take a long time to get a decent amount of views. Sure. Which hence is like four years into the podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's why we started. But why we're stopping is that now four years have passed. We both were laid off during the during the quarantine, during the pandemic. I started that kind of kicked me to start a freelance career, came back to theater, started working part time. But I was still I was always writing. I was always working on stuff. I got another job, um, you know, and I wrote a book uh, that I want to like this next year. Aside from other things, it's like I really want to kind of kind of work on the book a little bit more and start writing more. And, and this is not the, this is nothing to do with the podcast, but like the new job, the podcast, everything going on. It's just like my time is being sucked away. And the right. one thing, and I've always told Mike is that when I'm not writing, I can't, I, I get upset. Like, I'm just like, I sit here and stew cause I'm not oh, writing and that, that bugs the crap out of me. So I, I just, I, nothing is forever. And, and I think ending the podcast the way we want to is something that not many people can do. I think a lot of people are either end because we fight, you know, we get into a fight sure. or people, people just drop off. Right. You, you fade away. Like I, I could have easily just been like, I could have easily been one of those douches who's like, I got a job, buddy. Sorry. I just don't have time. I just don't have time. Like, you right. know what I mean? That's not me. That's not you. So I think ending it 
being, I mean, it took us a while to get to this point of being like, we need to wrap it up. Sure. But I think once that decision was made, I think, I think it was just like, it felt like the right thing to do. Yeah. I don't know how you felt like, why why are you, once the quarantine, I didn't talk him into it. (laughs) Once the quarantine happened, um, which was, I mean, I mean, terrible for the world, but I think great for you and I, Mm -hmm. because it gave us time to work on creative things. I started narrating audiobooks. I started um, doing some writing as well. And just like you said, when you don't create, it gets a little depressing for creatives like you and I. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this podcast is great. And it's a little bit of an outlet, but at the same time, you're itching for other stuff. You know, I had not as much freelance work as you, or it didn't pay as well as you. <laughs> um, but, you know, I went back to the theater. I was still full time, but I was super unfulfilled, you know, super depressed all the time. I mean, now I'm depressed because I'm poor, but <laughs> it's, I can, I'm working on creative stuff, which is fulfilling. And this podcast does take a decent amount of time to do. And, you know, I want to get into YouTube, the YouTube space. I want to do more narration. I well, you're a creator. Voiceover. Yeah. yeah. Talking about movies is great. But then we talk about like, especially when we talk about some of these independent films, I'm like, yes. do something like yes. that. I want to be in that world. Like there's nothing stopping us. Like if we put our mind to it. And I think that by stopping the podcast, we get to do more. And we, we even talked about maybe not even stopping the podcast, like podcasting all in general, mm-hmm. but we can use podcasting as a creative outlet at one point in time. Well, that's what it was. That's out. what the commercials became. The commercials became mm-hmm. a way to do that. And then we talked about doing narrative fiction podcasts and stuff like that. And it always became, but forgotten. It's just more time. Forgotten cinema is here. So forgotten. Cinema yes. Is taking it yes. Up. Yeah, absolutely. So by putting forgotten cinema away, you know, field can publish his books. I can do some YouTube stuff. We can, it's not even like we're going to necessarily stop collaborating. Field has the possibility of doing his, his, <laughs> He's got short films possibly in the works at some point in time down the line. Sure. We always talk about the narrative fiction podcast. Um, but again, by doing stuff like that, we can also bring in other creators and take some of the load off ourselves and also invite other people into the creative space. Sure. Which is nice. So I think all that kind of stuff kind of bubbled over into the podcast. And the podcast, while it's a decently going podcast, has never really grown. We got to, I think, our stopping point. As a yeah, podcast. I think a lot of podcasts may, uh, people who don't do podcasts may not understand this, but a lot of podcasters will. It's like, it's tough. You're an independent podcast. You're not a name. We're not a celebrity. So we're not getting big guests. Um, it, you have to break through. And we kind of came towards the middle when everyone was doing podcasts. And, and right. you know, I think the the, the uh, fact that Butler always says, I don't know if he says it on or off air, is that most podcasts don't get past 50, 50 episodes. I say that a lot I mean, yeah. Us, I mean, yeah, we're over 200. So I think it's a success. I think that we were managed to, not only did we manage to maintain a weekly schedule, one week we missed because that was. We just didn't think anybody think, would listen. Right, we were going to skip holiday weeks at first. Well, then we just kept pumping out. That's when the 10 week cushion came in. And then we started doing commercials. You know, that's something that separated us. But one of the things that I, in my job, but it's like, does that ever come out to, views like everything that we do sure. is that really gaining us views and and we've tried a lot of stuff we tried to we guessed another podcast we had other good podcasters on ours i did an interview it just i don't you know i never really it just didn't i see i don't see i, I know i'm saying like it just didn't pan out but i don't view this as a failure i view this as a success four Absolutely. years of podcasting you i know, think we, yeah we've got thousands of listens and i think right. that's pretty good it's just i think we've hit our like you said we've hit our wall and i think that doing the same thing over and over again and not being able to stretch that creative Mm-hmm. muscle is is probably the main reason we're stopping yeah and it doesn't mean like possibly one day we can come back and do like a forgotten horror or something or we'll be on kind of we're recording this in december yeah in a couple of weeks we're going to be guesting on another podcast uh for the pint, pint yes for an episode for about blue thunder, blue thunder. so 
I imagine you're going to still hear us on other uh, other areas. Yeah. We're still going to be working on the Forgotten Entertainment stuff. So if you listen to some of those other podcasts, yeah, um, those are going to be there and possibly some new podcasts down the line. You know, so forgotten the forgotten brand isn't going away. Sure, technically, just us, just us. <laughs> but we're going to fade into the background. All right, Homer Simpson. The Homer Simpson. All right, so let's get to some some film stuff. Okay, so Joe Doherty, who we guested with on the pints, one of the Forgotten Takeover ones, right? Yes. I can't remember the episode. Toys? Was it Toys? No. The X-Files. The X-Files, right. He asks, what are some of the movies on your list you'll regret not covering? And then which directors who have made at least two movies do you think are forgotten? All right, I'll go first. So the movies that on the list, we'll do the movies one, that that we I'm going to regret that we never covered are Tron Legacy, because I love Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy is great. War Horse. Charlie Wilson's War, the extended edition on Needful Things, which I was really hesitant if we could ever get. Um, Children of Men, Signs, because I just talked about Signs, Contact, Mr. Mom, and Fury. And only Fury because I saw it the other day. I was like, damn, I like this movie. I See, I remember not liking Theory that much. Uh, no, Fury I, I like it. Well, go ahead. What, what are some of your movies um, that you regret that we're not going to be able to sit down and talk about? I think I'm going to regret not doing Blank Man because I think that would have been a really, really hilarious That's episode. why this podcast is that man. I couldn't do Blank Man. <laughs> I think that would have been a really funny episode even though I know you don't like it. I think doing Casper would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. And I should have done it earlier as a kid's movie because there are so many adult moments within that movie right. that I think would have been perfect for us to talk about. And I think that the girl, David Fincher's Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is an oh, underrated yeah. movie that I would have liked to do as mm-hmm. well as Tron Legacy. But I like the original Dragon Tattoo so that would have been a good like back and forth. I probably would have watched both films. Back. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably would have would have compared. Okay. So what about what directors do you think are forgotten that we don't talk about enough? I think Mel Brooks is forgotten to a modern audience. Oh yeah. That's true. I think he's criminally. I know Blazing Saddles is at least when we're recording this in December is in the news because some people are uh, in Twitter are debating if it's uh, it's hilarious. No. It's, it's hilarious. It's great. Just get rid of that And shit. all of his films are amazing. And I think that you know, we're having this discussion, but it's all people that are, you know, 35 and up. Yeah. And I think younger people haven't watched any Mel Brooks stuff. I agree. They Don't probably maybe know the name. Like Blazing High Saddles, Anxiety. No Spaceball. Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. But they don't know them. They young Frankenstein. Not Bride of Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. 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 They haven't actually seen them. So I think he's kind of forgotten as a director. Sure. I think that um, John McTiernan is kind of forgotten as a director. Oh, I know. I think people know his movies. But, but like. He's criminally underrated as a director. And he's a criminal. <laughs> well, he, he, he Not by his own. Yeah. yeah. He was an example. He was made an example he's, of. He's still a criminal. <laughs> but he's a great director uh, who's done so many classic films, but you don't know, like, it's not like, this is a McTiernan film. Mm-hmm. It's a Bruce Willis film, or it's just an action film, or, mm-hmm. you know, Predator is just Predator, or mm-hmm. a Schwarzenegger film. Yep. But that's kind of interesting is that he's done so many things, and no one thinks about, like, like we just did conspiracy theory with Richard Donner, right? But people know Richard Donner, right? Very few people, I think, know. Oh, it's a McTiernan film. Mm-hmm. Other than people that are really into film, so I think he's kind of underrated. And then we've talked about it before. Martin McDonough puts out amazing films, and I don't think he's given the credit that he's due. The Three Billboards, uh, Banshees. Well, I'm not when a this comes out, we'll see fan. when that what that does. But I think these films are like highly rated and talked about. And in Bruges, obviously, we they're well written. He's a great. He's a really good he's playwright. A great writer, obviously. He's got great actors in it doing really great things, but I think that he's not given a lot of credit either. Maybe. Sure. So I had a couple. So this is going to be weird, but I'm going to say John Favreau and not John Favreau that directed Iron Man. John Favreau that did like Chef. made who wrote Swingers did Chef. He's 
I always when he when he when Made came out, I always said like you know if he just did these small films, did he direct small, Made or did he just write Made? He di- he directed Made. Okay, if he just did these small indie films, like I would, I'm not gonna be obviously begrudge his career. You're gonna go get the big money, go get the big oh, money. Yeah. And, and but now he's pretty much in charge of Star right. Wars, and that's fine. But his smaller stuff is really really good, and I think that nobody remembers that. Like I'm Chef really is such a good he movie. Never did a follow up to Chef, not just Chef. Like another movie. Um, well, like maybe, Chef, maybe, yeah. maybe he just needs to kind of that, that needs to come to him, that kind of film. But, sure. you know, I like David Kep's directing. Like, I know he's a great writer and he's written big films, but great we writer. did it. We did the trigger effect. We did Stir of Echoes. You know, we did Ghost Town. We did three films right there. That's but, like, true, I would yeah. say go, go check out Premium Rush. Even go check out Mordecai. I know people don't like Mordecai, but it's like, it's actually not as bad as people think. One of the movies that I should have put on, like, what I want to do with Secret Window. A Secret Window, sure too. I, I like Secret Window. Hated Secret Window. I know. But it's like, when you told me it was David Kep, I was like, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think he, he's always known as a great writer. This is David Kep, but he's a good director. Yeah. And I think he's not, he's overlooked. I like Paul Greengrass. The ghost movie is, is a really ghost good town. Movie. Ghost town. Yep. I should have, was, is, would have been on an op is up on the list on my yeah. favorite episode. Yeah. We did. So I'm glad I watched that movie. You know, I love Paul Greengrass. I love United 93, bloody Sunday, Captain Phillips, uh, the born ultimatum. I think he, I mean, that's one of the movies like born identity was Doug Lyman. And then the second one came out, Ultimatum. I'm like, wow, this is, I really like this film better than, than the first one. I but love Ultimatum. I, I think Ultimatum is yeah. just um, I love Richard Linkletter. I think that, you know, he's somebody that, like, you don't go, if you go through Richard Linkletter's career, you'll probably think like Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. And that, that's great. But like, he does so much stuff. He's so prolific and he just cranks out movie after movie, but nobody talks about him. Mm-hmm. But if you go through his, his filmography, you'll see the movies that he's done and you'll be like, I know he did that. I know he did that. I know he did that. And you see the people that work with him. He just, I really think that people don't talk about Richard Linkletter enough, but maybe that's what he likes. So, so this is from John Amenta from the Pine Podcast. John, I know what you're trying to do here, right? <laughs> what was the film you liked the most during your listener's choice season and which was your least favorite and who chose them? So John's trying to have us cause trouble here and that's fine. <laughs> um, so season five, we did an audience choice and we basically put out there, Hey, pick a movie. Uh, we're going to pick from them and we're going to do them. Right. So this was the first time that we didn't control the content. So, so one of the film, the, 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 from that season, the one I liked the most was the, uh, the man from uncle, which was, was, I had a couple, the man from uncle, which uh, former employee Zach Goodridge suggested to us, Butler. Yep. <laughs> uh, King Creole, which I didn't think I would, cause I'd never seen it. Yeah. It was an old movie. And that was G.I. Gary who does some, I guess he does his own YouTube show, but he also does stuff for the pint. Um, I always love Clue, so my mother suggested Clue, so I still loved it. And then I actually, uh, your buddy Aaron Singleton suggested Juice. I didn't. I remember liking Juice, but I don't like Juice, Juice, Juice. Right. But I remember when we watched it, I was just like, I really like. There was a lot of stuff in the movie that I had forgotten about that I really liked and dug. Those are the ones I liked. What are the ones you liked? We'll get to the adult. We didn't. Uh, Man from Uncle and Clue, I definitely liked. Silent Running was interesting to watch because it was so old. Another seventies one. Yeah. Which your mother suggested. My mom suggested that one, and it's not great. But I want. I still wonder, like, is that just because it's of its time? Are there there are things that aren't great because it's time? But you can definitely see the birth of like Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica. Oh, Douglas Trumbull. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Um, so that was really cool. King Creole was really good. I thought I'd be bored trying to see like, when does it end. It's one of our better commercials. It is. I like that commercial. Yeah. Go and eleven fourteen are interesting because it was interesting to see that three. There are three different movies that are mostly vignettes. Yeah. I think I liked 1114 better than the other ones. So I kind of liked a decent amount of them, but definitely Clue and Man from Uncle ones I like really dug. So the two that I didn't like or I couldn't connect with, I shouldn't say I didn't like, uh, it's a toss up. Uh, Butler hates folks. Um, 
the one with uh uh who was in that? What's his face? Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. <laughs> right. Don Amici, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, and that was suggested by Stephen Christina from the Super Retro Throwback Reviews podcast. Yes. Um, but we talked to Stephen about that afterwards. It's like we just didn't like it. You know, it, the, it happens. Yeah. It's not. It's. It, I've it, picked you know, out films that feel right. hated as yeah. well. <laughs> I mean, that. See, the whole point of this podcast is to have a discussion about films. It's not, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, or you're. And and for the sake of the podcast, we do over exaggerate our arguments. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. For folks, folks is one of the worst movies I've ever well, seen. Well, that's in my life. but that is your but that opinion. That made for a really good episode. Oh, absolutely, because, because neither of us would have put it on the list. That's absolutely. So it was interesting to kind of tear apart why it didn't work. But the other one I didn't like was Uptown Girls, which was by Burker Fanar, who probably never listened to the podcast after he suggested it. Um, I could not say Uptown Girls. Yeah, I don't know what's up. Leak Jarn is what he goes by. On YouTube. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I just, I was not a fan. Maybe Uptown Girls was my one that I didn't like. But again, these are just our opinions. Who cares? Uptown Girls wasn't for us. Yeah, and then I think the Phantom. No, you're just saying the Phantom was John suggested. Because he's it. waiting for us to say it. Well, here's so the I thing. Say, John thinks the Phantom is like Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's okay. It's, it's yeah. It's not great, and it's not better than The Shadow. Oh yeah, John. Also, here's the other thing. So go over to the pint. John thinks that the, the Phantom is better than the Shadow, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but again, these are just opinions. They don't matter. Nobody cares. I, everyone that suggested, I thanked uh, that that that. Sure, it was you know, interesting. Week. Yeah, and it was cool to do something that we didn't pick, and like it was like it was out of our hands almost. We didn't keep doing it because I don't know if we could have kept up the podcast if we kept doing the things right. people chose. So forget the next. Oh, Clay Pigeons was interesting too. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked Clay Pigeon. Wasn't great. But it had that same like Red Rock West indie feel. It was that 90s indie. Yep, yeah. Yep, so yep. I kind of appreciated that, yep. even though it wasn't great. So I, this isn't a question on a thing, but I'm going to ask you this because yeah. I brought it up with the King Creole. What is some of the favorite commercials that we've done? Ooh, I love our, <laughs> I can't remember the name of the movie, the vampire one. The vampire one. Um, the Colin Farrell vampire movie. Oh, Fright Night. That, I, one, that was I, the first one we did. I love our Fright Night commercials. <laughs> hey, guy. <laughs> Yeah, it's just so awkward and uncomfortable, and you just kind of like are. I think that's some of our best acting between the two of us, and the mm-hmm. closing the garage door. And I think that started off kind of the that was Butler f- Field characters in the commercials. <laughs> yeah, I think just from that commercial alone, we were just like, yeah, this this dynamic works, where it's kind of like a Rick and Morty type situation. Yeah, so like I'm the I'm the I'm the jerk off, and Butler's the, uh, the doofus. Yeah, doofus, but like <laughs> the the kind of like the hopeful doofus the hopeful kind doofus, of thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean some of the podcast, some of the commercials they change up. I think there was uh we were doing different things that I, it's always like me, you're doing something and I'm always like, really? Like I'm making a comment on, on you or, right. so, or I'm, I'm messing around with you or something like that. Like I love the, the, um, the King Creole one has that element at the end when I'm like, yeah, go dance. And I run off. Oh, yeah, I, I, I like that. that because I, I was black and white. Uh, I, I figured out how to do that counter thing and had that audio <laughs> thing. There was a lot of stuff I was doing, you know, in the background for that. Sure. So I thought that was a, a good one that we did. Um, Trying to remember. Well, in that case, the uh, the Night of the Hunter one. Oh, the Night of the Hunter one is great. That's probably Elisa's favorite. <laughs> Just because I'm also hoarding the toilet paper, which at the time was really fun. Right. So, like, that's the other thing too. There was a, obviously because the podcast was going through the quarantine that we had a series of commercials was just like we were quarantined together. So we had like a c a series of stuff going on, um, which I thought was funny. The uh, the one with um, where you're on the other side of the glass and I'm doing the monologue yep. from uh, sneakers. Sneakers. Yep. You're just like, come on, Butler. I just sneezed. Let me in. Yeah. And I think, you know, I should put Clue as a, as a top commercial as well. Mm-hmm. And Clue, people come to me all the time and tell me how much they love the Clue commercial. Oh, good. Because Clue commercial just gets ridiculous. <laughs> it just builds and builds and builds from like, I can't be beaten in Clue, which is stupid as it is. Yep. 
to you get you hitting everything off the desk and saying pick it up and then you with the <laughs> with the wrench at the end and then me still guessing that you're gonna kill me yeah it, like i just recently went through all our commercials and oh, watched geez. them all. i did like a whole marathon one night on nice. youtube nice and uh i was actually laughing at some of them some of them are really really funny yeah the minority report one where i'm yelling at you the minority report's pretty good yeah the New Jack City one. That was so funny. I was laughing at that one just because it's so like. So you, dumb. You just killed two cops, brother. Like, you throw the bag of cocaine at me. I was like, yeah. this, this commercial really goes hard. And then you have the gun in my face. I'm like, yeah. we really went for it in this commercial. Well, and then the one, the ones we did in the, in the booth, like in the theater, like when the one where we were throwing the football around for uh one of the sports hitting movies the balls, hitting the head right that was uh, like when the one where like there's nobody like that scene i like when there's nobody in the lobby because we're we're basically oh, saying the so theater's dead who's hey we can't do this there's gonna be customers around yeah and we just look in the lobby. yeah we should laughing. <laughs> we did a couple of those commercials where we're referencing how bad the theater was because nobody was coming to the theater during the during the pandemic yeah the walkie yeah. talkie phone the watch one Right. Um, <laughs> the one where New Year's where you're counting down, like it's going to be the year of Butler. And then someone threw up in yeah, the lobby. Yeah. And- so it's funny because a lot of the commercials were about the movie, but they also were reflective of what was going on in our lives. Right. Working at the theater. Um, you know, we kind of phased off at the end because we just we just don't have time, uh, which obviously leads to why the podcast is ending. But and the last commercial was about. Should we keep, keep doing? This? I love the poem. <laughs> I love like I the the poem one should have been our last one because I'm like oh this is the perfect ending the poem one. one, was yeah. the last one. No, we did another one did after we that. One we were in the that? back of the car. Oh, that's right. right. Yep, so, yep. but yeah, no, there's and there, I would say, what would you think if I said to you we did a hundred commercials? Do you think that's accurate? I would say so, probably for like half of them. Because yeah, we stopped. I, I don't know if I would think we did a hundred, right? We definitely got close to it. We right. did quite a few out of the 200, right. 200 episodes we did. All right. I got another one for you. Another All right. question. This is, also, this is again from Laura Johns from why the book wins. Uh, who would you say is your favorite actor and actress of all time and favorite director? I'm going to tell you right now, Laura, I don't have favorites, but I will give you people. I will give you a list of people that I enjoy. Um, I like Clive Owen, Kevin Costner. We both love Denzel Washington. Uh, Paul Newman, Gene Hackman, Ryan Gosling. I like movie. I like people that actors and actresses that you watch them on screen and it's, it feels like it's very easy for them. Sure. It, you know what I mean? Where it's not, I do, I do like a, some overacting, like in when it, it calls for it. Yeah. But movies where it just seems very easy, like oh, it, felt, it just, it's, you know, it, you're just kind of like, it, it allows you to get into the film. Um, you know, I like Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Elizabeth Olsen, Julianne Moore, Laura Linney. I don't know who are yours. Uh, Denzel Washington. There you go. It's just uh, people that just you just down, like yeah. I I've said before that Denzel Washington I think is up there with Lawrence Olivier as with as the finest actor of all time. Mm-hmm. He will be known for a hundred years as Ooh. just like a pheno- phenomenal actor, just like Lawrence Olivier. He's somebody who you're going to learn about in school when he retires, right? And I think we're both going to have the same director. So well, I I will say this: it's going to be Spielberg, obviously, <laughs> but I I wanted to give more than just Spielberg. For directors, it's like if these guys come out with a movie, I want to. I try to make sure I see it. Sure, so, and that and that's Spielberg number one, all the time. The Coen Brothers, Joel Cohen, Tarantino, Fincher, Paul Thomas Anderson, Soderbergh, Linkletter. Like I, if, when I see that they have a new movie out, mm-hmm. I probably rush more to the Spielberg films than anything. Obviously, even though I still haven't watched the Fablemans and I have it. Um, <laughs> Because it's, I, that's like th- those become like okay. I have to. I don't want to split up a Spielberg film. I want sure, to sit down and watch, watch it. Right. 
But when those guys have movies that are out, I'm just like, I, I try to like, uh, I got to put that on the list. I want to watch that. I mean, I know it's Spielberg for you. I think Spielberg is just a phenomenal act director. And now he's getting like crapped on by people who are just like, ah, but all, you, you can only do this or that. And it's like one thing about directors is, and I talk about this, like everybody loves Martin Scorsese. And some people say he's the best director. And Scorsese is great, but he sticks to his wheelhouse. Sure. 98% of the time. Sure. Spielberg has done every genre including now musicals with West Side Story and everybody loved West Side Story when it came yeah. out. Yeah. Spielberg's it's, always it's, he can he, do anything. He's always the he's always the person that people out of film school want to rip on. And that's yeah. fine. Go ahead and rip on him. But see the, what you don't understand is that I'm saying we're saying favorite director. He is one of the he's probably the best storyteller that has ever lived. Yep. Ever lived. And you may not realize that now and when he passes away, you will realize that. But like he tells you a story. He tells you a story so much that when you watch a movie, and I've said this before, and you there's errors in the film there, you know, the 180 degree has been broken or there's um, there's a, uh, a flub somewhere or there's like, a, you know, he there wasn't holding that bottle, but he was before. You don't sure. care. Because you are so engrossed into the story that he's doing his job and you are just, you're there. He uses the camera in an organic way. Watch how he sets up when he's in a scene and the store and the camera moves from people like it's moving amongst the people. You are that camera. We talk about in Sugarland Express with the, yes. with the car scene where they're moving between the police car yes. and the crane shot. And that was never done before. Right. It's awesome looking. That's the thing. I, I think that he's just, because he's so big, people like the crap on him. Yeah. And it's like, and he, people were doing that 20 years ago and that's fine. You know what? Don't like him. I don't care. Don't like him. I, I you, you can miss out on that right. because there is, you can't give me anybody now. Even the people that I listed, you can't give me anybody now that compare to him. And the fact that he, he puts out a movie a year, I think it stinks. His movies aren't making money because his movies aren't are for an audience that aren't going to the theaters anymore because right. of the pandemic. That's not on him. That's just because he's West Side Story. If if there was no pandemic and people were seeing movies, West Side Story would have been a huge hit. Yeah, a huge hit. The Fablemans would have been a huge hit. But we're in a different world right now, and you know I can go off on how the mediocrity is going to overtake everything, but whatever. But you know what? Don't like Spielberg. That's fine. Don't like it. The only thing with Spielberg I don't like is that he apologizes for older films. Like he had that ridiculous quote about how he feel really bad that Jaws came out. No, he yeah. regretted that it had the effect of people killing sharks. Yeah. He, but like, he, he but, didn't regret but Jaws. Like, but I'm I'm tired of like that kind of stuff. Like, don't apologize for your work. Just just your work stands as as it, as it is. I don't think he's saying he's just saying I feel bad that it caused that effect. He's not saying I'm sorry I put out the movie. He better not be. Not but like Tom Hanks and all his comedy movies were like, yeah, I'm man. sorry I ever did comedy. Yeah. So um but I uh, to add more directors if we're gonna do more than one, I think I've already talked about like now that I'm older. Like, I think that Martin McDonough's movies are awesome in mm -hmm. like an actor kind of capacity. Um, just like watching a really well-filmed stage play. Mm -hmm. And Sam Mendes, even though I don't like American Beauty. Oh, really? That's right. We talked about that. Shame like, on you. I just really don't like it. And I'll never watch Revolutionary Road again. Well, Revol it's, it's but so yeah, that's exactly, but it's <laughs> such a good film, but it's a really good film and any film he puts out, like I'm going to go watch. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good one yeah. to add Sam Mendes. No, I like that. I don't like. 1917. Yeah. We, we both like 1917 was well, phenomenal. I remember watching that. I'm just picture. like, that's the best movie I've ever seen this year. Like yeah. I knew it. Like that's fun. Like when people are like, when they tell you, they give you their list of films, top 10, top 10. It's like, I don't do that because I, I do favorites. But when that movie came out, I was like, that's, that's one of my favorites. I know it. And yeah, you know it immediately. It blows you away. See, that's the thing. When, when people do their top 10 list and they sit down like, oh, I really like that film. Sometimes you need to watch more than once. Because you just don't know. Yeah. But when I but after not watching 1917, I was just like, that's I can't. That movie's great. Skyfall is amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I I like Casino Royale is one of my favorite films of all time. I think it's a perfect James Bond film. Yeah. But Skyfall is like elevated James Bond in a way that wasn't 
like snooty. Mm-hmm. It was just a really, really, really great film. And I watched it like half a over half a dozen times in the theater. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because I can watch them for free. <laughs> and then a ton <laughs> Not of Not no more. Um, and he, I think he kind of just kind of roped into Spectre. Sure. And it wasn't like a movie like it didn't have his heart in it as much. Right. Um, but his movies are like he do, he's doing one about a movie theater in England, like uh. a small film that's coming out this month when we're recording it. It's probably already out. I really want to see that. The way his movies are filmed and shot mm-hmm. are just spectacular. Nice. Do you? So this is from Brendan Casey, fan of the show, <laughs> friend of the family. <laughs> do you have a favorite scene or quote from a movie? What about a performance that's underrated? If you could reboot something, what would it be? These are a lot of questions. Yeah. If you could do a sequel to a movie that doesn't have one, what's that? All right, Butler. Do you have a favorite scene or quote from a movie? I couldn't. There are I so many. I know. So many. I just ended up putting yippee ki motherfucker. That's fine. It's, it's close to Christmas and it's it's classic. So I don't know if I've talked about this, but this is the one that's the most memorable for me. So in The Thing, when the head pops off, I think I've talked about right. this. So in The Thing, uh, the movie with Kurt Russell directed by John Carpenter, when the head pops off of the dock and it sprouts legs, as that scene was, as I watched this film for the first time, as that scene was happening, I actually say out loud, You've got to be fucking kidding me. I actually <laughs> said it out loud. I don't want to the character. And then as soon as I finished, the character says like, you've got to be fucking kidding. And I'm just like, oh, like I, I, I was so connected with that movie at that. I was just like, I'm like, oh my God. Like I, like it just was such a honest reaction that I was just like, that's, I always remember that, but there are hundreds of favorite scenes and quotes from movies. That yeah. We it's talk just about. too I can't, many. Yeah. Oh, that your sort of reminds me of in the movie Nope that just came out. Oh, yeah, yep. aliens first appear and he's about to take pictures in, and he just goes, "Nope, nope." Yep. Yeah, that's just that exactly. I would just think I'm out of there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about an underrated performance? Um, I always talk about uh, Daniel Craig and Layer Cake. Okay, because that's yep. what I always watch before I, I. I think I told you and you thought I was crazy, but like, well, there were two. I think that and Tom Cruise and Collateral, which is why I chose those two sure. movies in like season one and two. That's fine. Those are two movies that before I do any kind of acting job or mm-hmm. acting work, I will always watch before I go act. Yeah, you mentioned that. Because I just absolutely adore those performances. I don't know what it is about them that well, I just absolutely the isn't against, love. The Cruise one's against type. I think that's why you it's like It's against type. There's a, there's, and it might be because I've learned about it afterward and like started looking up how they made the movie, that the amount of background in his character. And that also taught me something about writing. And I know you've done it as well. I think when you wrote your newest book that you want to get published, you wrote these huge biographies for each character so that their actions always made sense and had a direction on where they go. And like they absolutely did that with Tom Cruise's character in the movie and, you know, a background where he came from that, you know, where he grew up, that he had problems with his father, that he did this in the war and he was a soldier and was this decorations and these medals. And he got caught up in the drug trade because of this. And it's just like none of that's talked about in the film. Mm-hmm. He mentions an off comment about his father, but then plays it off like it's fake. Mm-hmm. But it all informs the character. And I was like blown away by that character work. And then in Layer Cake, there's just something about the way Daniel Craig plays that drug dealer that's against type as well. He's not, he's not playing against type because back then it was before he was James Bond. Right. But it's just not your typical kind of crime movie. And he's not your typical kind of criminal character. Mm-hmm. And it was such an it's an interesting he's a businessman working with these insane people trying to make things make sense. Mm. And just those two performances are super underrated. And I think if you've already watched those movies and you kind of shrugged them off, watch them again. Mm-hmm. What about for you? I've got Robert De Niro and the intern. 
I thought that speaking about playing against type, I thought Robert De Niro for had a string of maybe for 10 years where he's doing movies where he's like, you know, analyze this, analyze that. Sure. Um, the parents, he's like, he started doing like these comedies. But in the intern, he is like an older man who enters the workforce. Acting like an older man. Right. And he's so reserved. And the, what what's funny with the intern, and I think it was on our list, is that uh, that movie kind of creeps up on you. You're watching the film and you're just like, and then like an hour in, you're just like, Oh, this is, I really like this movie. Like it's just, <laughs> it's so earnest and he's really good in it. And he's really low key. And I really, it was almost like, it was nice to see that he could do that. Almost, sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I really, I really love Tony Collette in the sixth sense because I love the scene in the oh, car. She's so good. And yeah. that scene is, if you want to talk about underrated scene, like she is just amazing in that scene when he's, when he's the kid telling her about his, her mother his and, mom. and she's just great in that scene. I think everybody talks about Philadelphia and this is your boy. Everyone talks about Tom Hanks in Philadelphia and he's great, but Denzel Washington has the much tougher role in Philadelphia. He has to play the homophobic lawyer and he has to, he has such a, he has to kind of have a metamorphosis. He has to, he has to grow on screen. Right. And that's, and they rewarded Tom Hanks. Well, for the right, for a reason, because what the movie's about and that's fine. Sure. But they um, rewarded Sam Rockwell and three billboards with the Oscar because oh, he plays a racist kind of thing. Yeah. because he gets not he doesn't really go full sympathetic. But you kind of see like his character has a change because he realizes what he is is not right. He grows up. Right. But in but in Philadelphia and I think people forget about Denzel Washington, Philadelphia, because they just it's always Tom Hanks. So Tom Hanks is on the cover. Right. But Denzel Washington has the much harder part in Philadelphia and he kills it. He destroy he like he just destroys that character and he's great and i think that's something that i if people are going to go back to watch philadelphia is just pay attention to what denzel's doing because he has to change in that film and that's that's not many actors can do that yeah you know what i mean so i think he's really good in that i always love philip seymour hoffman i love him in almost famous because he's got he's got that he's the guy on the phone all the time telling him how you know patrick fugit's character is uncool and he's awesome in charles wilson's war so but i would say those those are the performances that popped into my head what about a reboot that you would do. So I've got two. I'll go for it. Both of us, when we were in the theater, were always talking about trying to reboot Gremlins. Okay. I yep, think Gremlins yep. would make a great reboot. Do practical effects. I think you can still do Gremlins. I think that people have an appetite for horror comedy, dark horror comedies sure. like that. Well, Krampus. You know, we love Krampus. Krampus. That, yep, yep. And it became such a cult hit. And I think rebooting Gremlins correctly would be a, a really I mean, Gremlins is a good go. movie, though. No. That's, oh, you, mean, you mean doing it right. Doing it right. Doing it right now. Right, right, right. I think... It's one movie like there's so many movies that are classic. It's like, don't reboot them. Don't touch them. Right. You know, look at all the Jurassic Parks. Jurassic World's okay, but the two sequels didn't do well because it's 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 too late for those. Sure. You can't remake a classic like that. But I think Gremlins is one that is amazing mm-hmm. and can still be rebooted. Okay. Um, and then I we talked about it on the episode, but I think The Shadow is one. Oh, yeah. That could be rebooted, especially the way they made that darker story in The Shadow. And he's a darker hero who was a horrible villain at first. Mm-hmm. His powers are interesting. The setting is interesting. Mm-hmm. His costume is cool. Mm-hmm. I just think he's got all the makings of a superhero movie that's different, but one that could and should be remade. And especially in this time of superheroes, put something a little different out there. I think that could absolutely work. Right. Uh, people who know me, who worked with me, I've said this constantly. So they'll know, this is not this is not news, but I will always I've always wanted to reboot the Monster Squad. I know they're doing it. I know somebody's doing it and that's fine. My dream dies. But I, my, my thing with the reboot is that I don't know if I would do universals horror or I would try to do like Jason and Freddy. Yeah. Go, go like the hardcore ones. I'd like to see that, but that's, that's like a pie in the sky. That's never going to happen, but that's when I would reboot. 
Um, as f- terms of like a sequel, and I, I've got two for this one. I've got one. Okay. I remember, t- I don't know if it was you I talked with or somebody, but I remember in Tron Legacy where Clue talks about how he takes over, he talks about how Clue takes over the mainframe. And I don't know if sure. I told you this, but I always thought that that would have been a great middle film, like, a, like Tron's Empire Strikes Back, where we actually see Clue taking over everything yeah. and it just ends on a dour note and it leads to Tron Legacy. I thought that middle, I think like because it took so long for them to do a sequel to Tron, I think we missed out that. on that. Yeah. But that would have been like, I was always like, when he tells the story, I'm just like, and they kind of show snip, like little, little bits, yeah. flashbacks. I'm like, I kind of want to see that movie. So that's a movie that I would have done. That's the only one I could think of. What do you got for me? Uh, Tron 2 would have been actually a good idea, which I know they're, I think they're kind of rebooting it. It's not a sequel, but it's whatever, not a reboot. Whatever. Okay, kind of fine. Sucks. Nice guys too. Okay. Yep. Yep. I like if you can do four lethal weapons, <laughs> you do four nice guys. And I love nice guys. It's one of in terms of like what's on the list that I had seen before that but we put on here. It's got to be the same writer director. Yeah. Nice guys Black. too. And yep. we always talk about Constantine too, which is happening now. Yep. I think it's because of us. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did it. Um, we were the one that pushed them over the edge, yes. and then. I'm really sad that we never got to see Fincher's dragon tattoo. Oh, uh, right. The girl who plays with fire, the other, like the next two books. Yeah. We got a sequel that wasn't part of the books. I'm still waiting for my Hunter. Alvarez. I want my Fincher's dragon. tattoo okay. trilogy. That's good. That doesn't ever come, but yeah, I hear yeah. you. All right. Here, here you go, Butler. Hi, big fan of the pod. Love the commercial. My question is, why do you hate me? Thanks for taking the time to do this. Good luck in all future endeavors. This is from Chris Ferdell from Recent Activity Podcast and Argue With Myself blog. Chris, because you suck. Okay, that's why. <laughs> we just don't like you, man. <laughs> just teasing. Uh, I don't know why you think we hate you, but um, sorry, yeah, I guess. We, we invited you to our, hang- our Forgotten Entertainment Hangout. You didn't come. Well, he had to work. <laughs> that's fine. You I get it. What's your work schedule, man? Sorry, Chris. Well, when Butler, uh, when you ask Butler to uh, to uh, guest on recent activity, you can you can pepper him with all those questions. <laughs> Don't ask me. I'm busy. Oh, I'm just teasing. But check out recent activity, um, the podcast. Uh, they were about 38, 30 Well, at this time, or recording, we're recording, they're about yeah. in their mid thirties in terms of podcast episodes. So I would expect they would be probably in their mid fifties when you're listening to this. So go check them out. They're on forgottenentertainment.com and wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> this is from my wife. Why don't you ever give your wife credit for suggesting the movies that you cover? So this is for me, Butler. Uh, when you st- start staying awake for movie nights, I'll start crediting you. <laughs> also, I love you. <laughs> My mother asked us why we never have a live audience. Now we talked about that. We too. had talked about doing it yeah. before. Yeah. We just, I think it's just because we never really, we didn't grow that big. Yeah. I don't, I don't want people in my basement. Yeah. Our audience is huge. It would cause like, we have to get a space. We'd have make to make sure people it would, came. it would have to be like, yeah, we'd have to be on stage. I don't, I think the logistics are like, you have you like, we're going to, if we're going to be talking about movies, like, would they have to, I think we didn't like, would they have to watch the film? I think it would be like a movie watch night. I think it would be yeah. a longer thing. We'd all watch the film together mm-hmm. and then we'd kind of do our episode and take audience questions during. Probably. Yeah. That'd probably be interesting. Um, but it's just like the question of who would come, could we get people to come and right. where would we do it? Right. Like you said, not in our basements. <laughs> but yeah, no, we talked about it. We just never, it just never happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing we always talked about is having a third person who kind of produced the show Getting to help us out. Helped us. Never helped. Never happened. But not a big deal. What are you going to do? The final one is from your mother, Butler. She just writes evolution. Evolution. So it's her, like we were asking for new movies for our list, which so, I think evolution's already on there. But. That's fine. But uh, my, 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 my note is not a question, but yes, I believe in it. And the movie is just okay. <laughs> I believe in it. My, my response I wrote down was, uh, okay. <laughs> but yes, uh, we just didn't get to it. Field never wasn't a huge fan. 
I think it's, uh, it's yeah, on our list, but I, I wanted to like it because I love David Duchovny. And I was like, but I also wanted to, the new yeah, I also but. wanted to like the bubble because David Duchovny was in there and I didn't like that either. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So Butler, I guess, what do you got for me? Anything else? Those are all the questions. Probably um, should wrap this up. I think we've gone longer than we wanted to. What was your least favorite episode we did in, in general? I think, well, Rango. Is it Rango? Because you were so like, you didn't well, care about Rango. The fr- well, because I think the episodes were, it's, I don't think it's, I can always just talk about a movie. I'm joking when I say Rango. Um, I can always talk about a film. I think it's the episodes where there's not a lot to talk about. I, I, I feel like I don't want to shortchange the readers or the readers. Jesus. I don't want to shortchange the audience. Sure. So I think the least favorite episodes are when we're doing quotes. Like I love brain candy, but like, it's just us doing quotes. I love the nice guys. And I think there was a lot more to, to talk about with the nice right. guys, but it's just us doing quotes. So when McGruber. we start doing that, yeah, McGruber. <laughs> so when we start doing stuff that we really liked and we just want to do the quotes, I think that's kind of, I feel bad doing those. Sure. But like, I, I never really watched a film. Like even if I hate a film, I can, try to talk about it. like mortal Kombat. i don't like mortal Kombat, but you love yeah. mortal Kombat. yeah so when i think that that's i think that's just that's part of the back and forth like i may not like a film but you did right so if, if this was a solo podcast and it was just me i think maybe i'd have a tougher time with movies that maybe i didn't dig because i'd probably be really negative but because it was a uh, a, a combo podcast was a sure. duo. I think we're able to to go back and forth on each other. I think, you know, and just kind of like figure that stuff out on our own. I mean, the, I know we talked about the audience season and that was probably, the, I think I was more interested in that because it was movies that we wouldn't have picked. Yeah. So that was probably going into it, but I never really had a problem with any of the movies. It just in terms, just when we started getting into the, we're recording about films quoting the stuff that we love the film. I just felt like we were not being good podcasters. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, yeah. that makes sense. Because it I wasn't think, as interesting. Right. I think when we first started out, like, yeah, we talk about movies all the time. But I think as we started doing the podcast, we started realizing, okay, we're not just talking about movies. We have to do, we have to be podcasters and we have to have stuff to talk about and talk right. about them in a constructive kind of yeah we don't necessarily way. have a format it kind of the format kind of came upon on its own we did initially with we had this, we yeah. had to read when we and it was that. just like this is stupid but yeah. then it eventually became facts discussion who would you suggest it to why do you think it's forgotten i did i would try to do some reviews in there i only like doing the reviews when they went against what we what felt we yeah because i always liked that kind of like just getting us riled up for it <laughs> what about you uh, at least I mean the ones where we talk about like we try to break uh, quote fest are not great episodes especially to edit right <laughs> yeah. um because I'm just like all right what am I keeping here what am I getting out and it's right 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 oh uh, what was that quote what was that quote uh but there's other episodes where it's like I didn't care for the movie as much and I didn't really bring a lot to the table you felt like you didn't bring a lot to the table I you felt just, like because you're like just, I'm not bringing anything to but the like table. neither of us did like I think Meet the Robinsons is ended up being a decent episode but I think that. The message was strong, but the movie wasn't. But there wasn't also there weren't a lot of facts. So it's just like that's tough to do when there's not a lot of facts and you're relying is, on the viewing like, notes. This is what's wrong with it. Yeah, this is what's good, and then there's no facts. It's just right. like this is why it, it's the only reason it failed. So it's like there's not a lot to talk. Yeah, about. when you don't know, like I think with conspiracy theory, the last episode we did, when you don't know, you you you're having a problem with the writing of the plot, right? 
but you have no facts to be like, why, why is this not working? Like, did they, did an executive come in? Like when you don't have that, like you want to know. Yeah. But I think in terms of that, it worked because there was so much, there's so many different things that didn't work in the movie. And sure. for Meet the Robinsons, it was just like the story didn't work mm-hmm. he, right here. And it wasn't like a whole bunch of different reasons. It was one major flaw. And I think those don't work out well. I think a lot of the movies where you didn't like things and I like things work out really well. Well, when we go back and forth, right. yeah. And that was good too because we would never tell each other before the podcast what, we what we're going to, yeah. yeah. We wouldn't talk about that. That wasn't always like that, but I think we basically said like, don't talk about it until we get to the show. Because it'd be like, oh, you made me watch this piece of shit. Right, let's, right. Let's go even even when we were do when we were sharing <laughs> on our stories that, oh, I'm watching this or Sizzlack watches, feel like I try not to put, put anything. Yeah, I did it. one time, but a couple times, but because I just couldn't resist. I think there was one movie in the last season or two where I was yeah. just like, put like, eyes rolling or I put no I put Homer Simpson sleeping yeah because it was so boring <laughs> yeah 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 so I mean I got nothing else I mean I think we should unless you got more questions for me uh, I mean it's over it's done yeah I mean that's pretty much that's pretty much it yeah uh, we hope I hope you enjoyed listening to us or we weren't too boring I always feel like people just don't listen to us I don't know why I, it's still <laughs> a shock where people listen to the episode um, I try to be as genuine as possible in terms of like my thoughts on films and, and, and what we talked about and I guess life stuff but I mean it's all you know it's it's a subjective media so medium excuse me so you know sure. I say it all the time I may, I may like something if you don't like it okay fine well that's why we say in the beginning you never know you know yeah even if you never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. I don't, know, yeah. I don't always like, revisit it. I don't like discounting another person's opinion. I don't like, we know people that we would talk to about movies and they're just like, ah, oh, it stinks. And it's like, that's not really, I don't want to have a conversation with that constructive. person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about film all the time, but like, if you're just going to come at me with this sucks, why? I don't know. I just hate it. That's not a reason. And I don't want to talk to you. I think the both of us, there are very few, like, I know both of us have movies. We think just stink yeah. outright stink, but I think, you should never have like more than like 10 movies in your life you've seen that just outright suck completely all the way through. Right. There's always something you can find in movies that is right. bad. Which we talk about all the time where not every, not, not every movie, not the great movie that you love. There's always one thing you don't like in there. There's a couple always going to be a flaw. Yeah. There's things that you hate. There's stuff in there that are still decent, you know, so you, those are, you can't, you can't just lump a terrible movie and just be like, it's terrible all the way through. Nothing is ever good. Nothing is redeemable because that's not true because you know, it, movies aren't easy to make. Right. It takes a village to make a movie and it takes it to ruin it too. So, um, you know, they're just, it's the business of making films. I've never watched a film where I was like, I think maybe one or twice where I was just like, you know, uh, this movie stinks. I don't care because people are trying. Well, that's the thing. It's like, there should never be that many movies on your list that you think that of. Right. There should even the worst movies that you're like, I really don't like this movie, but you know, I like this and this, like, right. I really don't like American Beauty, which I've said over and over in the podcast. I can't believe you don't like and it. And I don't like No Country for Old Men. Those are my big hot takes. And that's fine. No one agrees with me, which again is fine. It's opinion, but there's still stuff in that movie that if you're like, but this is great. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Yeah, you just don't. Yeah. There's always flaws in every movie and there's always great things in every movie with very few exceptions. You should never just discount. Right art in general i think i think i and i always say too like i just didn't connect with the film it just didn't that's also true that's a big that's a big thing you know like you're being it's not for me you're being told a story if you don't if you're not really into the story that's not that that's okay but you know that's fine to say so i think i guess if we're leaving you with anything just you know try to if you love movies try to watch as much as possible try to watch movies that you wouldn't watch normally i think that's something we try to do in the podcast as well do podcast movies 
who movies that most people wouldn't put on their podcast and talk about. Right. We'd love to. We would love to sit down and talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark all day and every day. But, but everybody does. But everyone does that, and that's not in, to us. That's not interesting. We wanted to try to bring stuff that maybe people hadn't talked about, like the the remake of Three Ten to Yuma, or like Struggle and Express, or you know stuff like that, or Dreamcatcher, like stuff like that, and 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 do movies that aren't sometimes talked about, but maybe not. You know, just try not to do all the popular ones. That's what we try yeah. to do. That's why it's called Forgotten Cinema. Then I'm bumping. All right. So I guess that's it. I got nothing else to say. I mean, I just I would just keep repeating myself. Thank you for doing the podcast with me. You well, know, thank you for doing the yes. podcast with me. Yeah, you know, we had we had a good time. We we never we never really argued. If we did, it was just phony baloney. It wasn't really, you know what I mean? Like we never like hated oh, each other. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? No way, no way he's talking up. We know he's like get at each other on the on the podcast sometimes. But and some of those are funny episodes, but like <laughs> it was never like once the recording was off, we were just like bat blows. Yeah, because it's a difference of opinion about movies and yeah, like in terms of the workload, we split yeah. it up. Yep. Yeah. Mike edited everything. I did all the social, all the social media stuff and, 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 you know, promotion and engagement. Um, you know, that's probably going to fall by the way. So I apologize, but, um, (laughs) well, at least after April. Um, but you know, I think it was, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing it. I think I like that. I was able to end it. I like stuff that has an ending and who knows what's going to happen after this, you know, there's just other things we both want to do. Sure. Um, and I think if anything, this is a great calling card for us to have because I know that in my job, the job I have now, one of the things was that I did podcasts and I was, you know, in that world and, Absolutely. and, and, you know, it, yes, it's an entertainment podcast, but it's still, it's still the same. It's still like the same skill set relates, pull, pulls over to like a more professional corporate podcast. You oh, know? Yeah, you still so, gotta do your, your homework. Right. You still got to put it together. The fact that sure. we didn't give up, we have, over 200 episodes we made it past the 50 mark yeah no absolutely and you know to everyone else out there that's still going keep grinding keep doing it. if you're doing it for the right reasons keep doing it if, if you feel like you're where we were now you know hey reach out we'll talk to you if you want us to help you <laughs> out how we did it but you know don't be afraid to end something uh you know because you know because you want to start new stuff that's that's what it's all about so don't be those tv shows that just yeah. go out on a low note have that best season right series finale that you can i'm kind of looking forward to actually watching movies but not feeling like i gotta watch this movie tonight you I, know what i mean i've watched a few like i'm re- actually i'll record this i'm re-watching uh the tv show angel because mm-hmm. i've rewatched buffy a bunch of times but i haven't rewatched that and every time i sit down to watch an episode i look at my laptop like yeah like you want should i be taking notes it doesn't feel right like yeah it doesn't f- i i feel I, I feel like i'm cheating when i watch a movie yeah taking notes now. well no i just <laughs> i want to be able just to watch a movie to watch a movie yeah, and, exactly. not, and not let everyone know what i feel about it you know what i mean like i i i don't mind talking about movies but like i felt like like i was tr- like i need to tell people what i think about this because i just sometimes i just don't like i even like i'm even thinking about deleting my letterboxd accounts because i'm like i don't, I don't want to do that anymore i don't want to track my <laughs> movies i just watch movies i watch movies so anyways um but that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, Mike, if you don't have anything to say, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to do a final thank you and get out of here. I got nothing. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Sorry this episode ran too long. Thanks for listening to the entire four years. We will see you again. But finally, I am Mike Field. And finally, I'm Mike Butler. <laughs> and this has been the Forgotten Cinema Podcast wrap-up episode. Take care, everybody.